You're listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. The interview subject that I have coming up for your listening pleasure, it's Head Ned from the Simpsons Ned Flanders-themed outfit, Oakley Doakley. Now, the reason for the conversation is to promote their February 2020 Australian tour. I'll read out some dates. On the 11th, they're playing in Brisbane, the 12th in Canberra, the 13th in Newcastle, the 14th in Sydney, and February the 15th, that'd be Melbourne's gig. So here he is, Head Ned from the outfit, Oakley Doakley. Hello. Oh, hello, mate. Uh, Andrew McCoy-Smith calling for a chat. How are you going? Hey, good. How are you doing, Andrew? I'm very good, mate. What's uh, What's been happening, apart from the old uh, Aussie phonograind, as I call them, talking to the old Australian media contingent ahead of the tour? <laughs> Not much. <laughs> I've just been... Uh... It's fighting jet lag a little bit. We just flew home from the UK yesterday. Oh, yes. Uh, yeah, so I've been, you know, getting up kind of early, going to bed kind of early, trying to figure out, you know, trying to figure out where, where my brain's at after after flying all, all around and whatnot. But otherwise, yeah, I'm doing good. It's nice to get, get, get back home and get, get a little rest and get ready for some, uh, we're heading off to Europe in about two weeks, so I'm going to be back. Cool. Back touring and uh, bringing bringing re-education to the masses. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Jet lag is like being drunk without any of the benefits, though, isn't it? Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know? So, yeah. Cool, mate. So, look, um, look. You, you are coming down here rather soon. But I'll ask a few mm-hmm. questions, you know, about the band first of all, because uh, look, I, I host a podcast series, and I think a lot of people are going to be very curious about what you guys do who might not be aware that you guys exist actually so you know you as a band you've been on the simpsons itself so you've got mainstream acceptance um and uh, i don't think you guys are a gimmick at all because i'm a musician and i know for a fact you guys are serious musicians you can write and also play your instruments so so <laughs> given that you are serious musicians and you know what you're doing What's the what's the point to the band apart from uh, injecting a bit of humor into heavy metal or or is that the point indeed? That that was kind of the main point. I mean, it all started we when we first started the band, we had been playing in bands like different ones. I played in a band that everyone said sounded like Weezer uh, and cool. you know, our drummer had come from bands and stuff and so this was Oakley Oakley was a chance to like do something different and do something that was just like purely fun. Uh, it was, you know, something that wasn't like, you know, we, we really didn't want to be terribly serious about it. We were just like, Hey, this would be fun to do this, play one or two gigs at, at a bar or a pub or something. And, um, and just, just have a little fun with it. But then we, we put our pictures and our demos on the internet and the internet kind of took off with it, hmm. uh, and it, it kind of evolved into a career and, and, and grew a whole lot bigger than we ever thought it would from there. It's crazy, isn't it? I mean, the way the internet and the role that it plays in our lives these days means that, you know, you guys, you start out, you do, you start out doing one thing, a photo goes on the internet, and you end up doing something else completely different and really have got a career, got a career from that. Do, do you sometimes sort of... <laughs> yeah. do you, do you sometimes sort of stop and pinch yourself and think, is this fate or destiny, or is this just, just sheer luck? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was wild. We When we first kind of put some stuff online, like my my phone was just going bonkers with, you know, emails and 
messages and this and that and and yeah, no one no one could really believe it. I, I was I remember being at work the day that that all happened, and I heard a you know cubicle over. I heard our song start playing just slightly, and it got like halfway into the chorus. And and I had never told anybody at work that I was I was in the band or doing that. Oh, wow, yeah. Um, and the the song got halfway through the chorus, and it stopped, and the person said, "Eh, not for me," <laughs> and shut it off and left. And I, I had a good laugh at that. It was. That's funny to hear, but yeah, the, the fact that it reached so many people and even like two cubicles over without them knowing was was very wild. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, it's a small world, isn't it? But it's a really small world when something like that happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Hey, what about uh, lyrical themes? I haven't investigated this, so I thought I'd ask you the question now. Um, what are you focusing on when you write lyrics? So all of our lyrics are the majority of them are direct Ned quotes. So in order to stay in line with the, with the heavy metal, um, really what I do is I just look for anything that Ned says that is either fits one of two categories. Category one is something that Ned says that taken out of context could sound really heavy. Mm-hmm. So our song like Press Destruct Button came from, our song They Warned Me, uh, our songs like Murdidlierdler, um, <laughs> and category two is kind of something. Well, I guess Murdidlierdler fits more in category two, which is something that's too goofy to be a metal lyric. Which Ned has like a lot of those, like our song Flanderdoodles and uh, I Can't. It's a Geo and things like that, where yep. you know the humor comes from. Like, why is that a metal lyric? Um, and so, yeah, that's kind of. That's where I focus on for lyrics. And the only other things that fall outside of those categories is some early songs like like Donut Hell, um, which is a couple written lyrics that go with what Ned says, and our song All That Is Left, which is kind of our ode to the leftorium and is composed of entirely left-handed puns. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. Okay. I've got to check out the lyrics online, actually, after this. I'll go and do a bit of reading of them. So um, the, the other thing, mate, musically... What I'm hearing is that you guys sound a little bit like obituary. So do you get that comment a little bit? And who are you inspired by specifically on a musical front? For that, <coughs> sorry, um, we haven't gotten that comparison before, but we've gotten a lot of comparison to, uh, comparison to Horse, the band. Um, somebody's mentioned that a lot, which I wasn't familiar with, but I was familiar with Band of Horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really confusing because Band of Horses is very like reverby, uh, ethereal indie pop. So I was like, I don't know where that's yeah. coming from. <laughs> um, but as far as influences, I think the one of the first bands that kind of got me personally into doing the growls and screaming and whatnot was Thrice. Uh, I listened to their okay. later yeah. catalog and kind of worked backwards and, um, and yeah, when it comes to like the, the heavier, like hardcore bands, there's not a lot of hugely popular ones that have been that into, but I guess like, uh, August Burns Red has yeah. been a big influence. Um, the, there's a band from the UK called Black Peaks that have been really heavy into. Um, uh, I listened to growing up, I listened to a lot of Tool. My dad was a big fan of Tool, so that's, I think that's where the, Wow, okay. You know, metal inception kind of started. Um, and then with the, the goofier aspects of it, uh, 
me and our original drummer used to sit down and watch a lot of metal Alkalib. Oh yes, yep. Um, so like that, that was a that was a big part of it. And uh, our favorite thing to clean the house to was a, a Japanese band called Maximum the Hormone, uh, which was just high energy completely. And within the same song, they would go from just the, the grindiest, punchiest death metal to the the cheeriest, bubbliest K-pop, um, and just. Uh, the, the bounce back and forth between those things was just really entertaining and so I, I tried to uh, that's, that's an influence for us with songs like Green Education and uh, and a couple like other ones I like having those soft parts that it bounce or jump right into heavy parts yeah you're right I heard that when I was listening to um, Hadley Toodley uh, last night mm-hmm. actually and it might have been Murder House uh, when that shift came in, I think it was Murder House, where, where the shift comes in, and it's a really pleasant shift. And that's really when, as a musician, I stopped and thought, "Oh shit, you guys actually do know how to write songs here. Uh, <laughs> you've got you've got a life far beyond any any uh, perception of a gimmick." Um, so it's really cool to hear that, but uh, it's really interesting to hear those influences, yeah. Because one of the first things that I heard was was, as I mentioned, obituary, because of that that's <laughs> that that stompy doomy deathy sort of metal sort of influence that you've got there but to hear that that japanese influence i'm going to go and check them out now because of course i haven't i haven't heard of half the bands you just mentioned then and then there and then that really surprises me because i know i like to think of that i'm right yeah. up on things <laughs> yeah one of the one of the weird things too is because this band when we started like metal was uh like it was something that like i enjoyed but it wasn't something i was was terribly familiar with and I didn't have a huge catalog of metal to really mm. um, really pull from for influences so a lot of what what we wrote and what we did as metal uh, was coming from a very like unfamiliar stance from it it was you know yeah, it was like um, and it was like being described like somebody described the flavor of a dish and then we had to cook it so uh, yeah. we were kind of performing metal as you know as we perceived it to be without a lot of familiarity and so that's what it it turned out and it's interesting to hear comparisons and things uh to you know other bands that may have come from different paths to get to the same destination Mm. yeah and with this australian tour do you have uh, a lot of fans in Australia, to, to, your, uh, to the best of your knowledge? So, so have you received a lot of communication from Australian fans via social media? Yeah, we actually, one of the things that we, you know, we look at is stats on Spotify. Um, and when it comes to, like, Spotify stats, I mean, the United States is definitely the biggest, but mm-hmm. uh, Australia lands in, in the top four of, of countries that we've got listeners. The other two are the UK and Germany. Um, and yeah, I, I really had no idea how much influence even the Simpsons had over in Australia. Um, and so I've been, I've been chatting with fans and, and press about that. The bands that we're, we're touring with Dr. Colossus, um, actually became aware of pretty early on. I was really excited to get them on, but I've been talking with their lead singer, you know, about stuff and talking about specifically the Simpsons episode that where they do go to Australia, the, the Bart versus Australia episode, um, and seeing how that's perceived in Australia. And if referencing that would be, you know, well, uh, 
well received or poorly re- received and, and the <laughs> consensus is that you know I should reference that as much as possible so I've been working on building a giant boot that I can walk out you know <laughs> walk out onto the stage wearing um, but overall yeah we surprisingly have uh, as, I mean my perception of how many fans we should have is has far been exceeded but yeah we have a, a lot more fans in Australia than than I ever ever considered we should have and uh it's been really cool to, to hear from all of them we have been contacted by by quite a few and it's, it's been awesome yeah sweet yeah i actually remember when that simpsons episode came out bart versus australia um and uh, i remember watching it in 94 because i think we we're about six months behind the states back in those days with uh we, we <laughs> just had pay tv come into the country because the regulation had been lifted or the laws had been changed and i remembered when that came out i think of course, this is pre-internet era. We were just thrilled, I think, to be recognised by the Simpsons that we even existed. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were just uh, stoked that we actually made the Simpsons. It felt like you know a cultural iconoclast, and to be included in that, a country that was uh, si- singled out specifically, um, was really cool. And, and I think Australians just you know they, they they get the references from the Americans' perspective, from people from the United States' perspective. So they're not things that we would we would mention about ourselves, of course, but we understand that you guys, people in the, in the United States at the time, probably still the same way, see us in that light. So I think it was really cool. Yeah, 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 it's funny. And yeah, I've been like, one of the things I, I asked Dr. Colossus, I was like, is everyone going to get mad if we reference the currency as, as dollary dues? Dollary dues, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, they told us uh, that uh, people would get mad if we didn't do that. So. Yeah. Well, that, um, that thing where uh, Marge asks for coffee and starts spilling out coffee and then the bar attendant starts spilling out beer back to it, that still happens. Yeah. If, if, <laughs> if it's the wrong time of day and someone doesn't want to have a beer and somebody else wants to have a beer and they say they start spelling out the word beer exactly and that's where it comes from you know so there are things that Simpsons is so interesting isn't it I know it's sort of gone off the boil in recent years but it was uh, I mean it was really a, a cultural zeitgeist there for a long time for a bloody long time and uh, right up until I think when Family Guy really started to become a thing so is, is that something else that you've decided to you thought about doing as a bit of a side hustle or setting up a uh, a bit of a uh, Family Guy band as well <laughs> No, we haven't gone the Family Guy route on it, but um, I mean, with this band, we've always been, you know, pondering ideas and whatnot, like what ifs and coming up with other metal bands, you know, show-related metal bands. So far, the the front runners have been a, a King of the Hill-themed metal band that's just called oh, yeah. Propane and Discomfort. <laughs> um, you know, there's a Futurama metal band that we could do, which would just be you know, bite my shiny death metal. Um, and yeah, yeah, we've had a couple other like little shows and things, maybe like an every time I die cover band that, that everyone dresses like Kenny from South park. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, we haven't, haven't quite come up with anything exactly from family guy. Um, but I'll, I'll, I'll need to work on that. Hmm. And, and what about, uh, I guess it alludes to the fact that, I mean, you probably already making a living from music now but does it pay the bills for you is it something that you can do full-time uh not entirely it's something that like while we're on tour and while we're keeping busy um it's enough to enough to pay some bills and and it's enough and i think any any musician uh should have or i think a lot of 
musicians can appreciate when they get to the level where uh, touring isn't a uh, touring doesn't cost you anything. Like uh, a lot of musicians go out on tour, especially, and and they'll come back having lost, you know, lots of money, but they get get the experiences from mm-hmm. it. And we're at a level where we can go out on tour and come back and not have you know debt racked up from that. But yeah, I, I do a lot of you know oddly enough freelance digital marketing work. Yeah. Um, I I'm kind of work with with Google a lot and work with businesses on their websites and things. So I get to do the the boring work from home desk job stuff when we're not on tour. And I think that it makes it all the more fun when we do go out on tour because I can kind of drop that for a bit and yep. uh, leave the desk behind and and you know step onto the stage. And and it's nice to have those two uh, two different two different lifestyles to kind of bounce between. It really preserves the, you know, the juxtaposition of this one's fun and this one's calming, but not as fun. Yeah. Cool, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Get it. Yeah. But what about, uh, fans? Do, do you get, do you get some strange fans and some pretty interesting requests? Uh, we get, uh, I mean, our fans are, fans tend to be pretty great. We have a, like each show tends to be a tiny Simpsons convention, um, especially our latest tour, we just happened to get booked in London on Halloween and about a quarter of the fans there were all dressed like Ned Flanders. <laughs> um, and yeah, people were wearing full on like, you know, some, some costumes and, and mm. things like that. Um, but I can't say that we've had any entirely strange requests, you know, other than, you know, people wanting us to do after shows, like do a quick shout out on their phone to, a friend of theirs that's you know jealous that they made it to the show and uh and you know their friend couldn't and um yeah a couple you know signatures on on some strange things and whatnot but uh overall when it when it comes to like us and the fans i guess we tend to be the strangest thing in the room yeah cool yeah no, fair enough, mate. Look, it's, yeah, yeah. you're a good band, though, as I say, mate. And uh, I think anybody listening to this thinking that you guys can't do what you need to do on stage from a musical perspective, uh, that's wrong. You definitely can. Um, so, so you know, congratulations on that front, mate. And uh, I'll, um, it's in February that you're coming down here, mate. So you, ac- you actually got a fairly comprehensive tour, given that you're playing in Canberra and Newcastle as well, which, are, which aren't major, or Canberra's our, cap- our capital city of Australia, but it's... Um, not the most populous city in the country, if you know what I'm saying, but Newcastle the same mm-hmm. way too. So, mate, good luck with everything. You know, good luck on the tour yeah. and with everything else. I think metal needs a bit more. Metal, hard rock and punk, hardcore needs a little bit more uh, of a uh, sense of humour injected into it. And I think you guys are carrying that flag very high, mate. So good luck. <laughs> thanks. Yeah, thanks so much. Yeah, we're excited to, we're excited to head down there and um, meet some uh, Australian neighbourinos. So thank you. <laughs> no worries. All right, mate. Thanks very much for the conversation. Appreciate it. Yeah, take care, Andrew. No worries, brother. Catch ya. <laughs> You've been listening to the Scars and Guitars podcast series that syndicates for the A-List Online, and my name is Andrew Mackay-Smith. That interview subject was Head Ned from the outfit Oakley Doakley. Thanks so much for listening. <laughs>